2: This scenario takes place in the modern day, and it kicks off at least in Asheville in North Carolina, a place about which I know almost nothing, so apologies to our listeners if I screw up any local details. The player characters are all members of a support group called Survivors, which meets every Wednesday evening at the New Life Church in Asheville. The support group is designed to help people who have lost loved ones to violent crime. There are about eight people in the group. Not everyone turns up every week, but, yeah, it's fairly well attended. It's led by Pastor Waltz of the New Life Church, and you three are sort of a group within the group, what makes you stand out within this group is that, unlike everyone else, you three all lost someone to the same incident. Last year, about six months ago, there was a mass murder that took place in a cabin in the woods about an hour's drive outside town. The murder was a bloody one. People were hacked up with what was described by the medical examiner as an old farm implement.
3: I've got some circuits that are good. If there's an ocean swollen underneath, Does it doesn't seem daylight or feel. Got it. <laughs>
2: There was one person, however, and we'll get to this in just a moment, who was not hacked up, but whose body was found hanging from a rafter, apparently having committed suicide. This may lead to some suspicions that they were responsible for murdering everyone else. The police and the medical examiner, however, have not made any conclusive determinations about this. They haven't, as far as you're concerned, adequately resolved the case and because of lack of evidence, they may never actually do so. So I think with that established, let's go around and introduce your characters one by one and then we'll launch into a meeting. Do you want to start, Rena?
4: Tonight I'm playing Dr. Alex Sharp, psychiatrist their pronouns are they and them. They're fairly tall, about 6 foot 1 they have close cropped hair, dark grey eyes androgynous sort of features a nose ring which they take out when they're at work and they tend to go for skinny jeans and flannels and hiking boots. They like the outdoors quite a bit so that's what you'll normally see them in when they're not at work
2: And who did Alex lose in the murder?
4: Alex lost their partner, Patricia, who usually went by Pat. Partner of six years.
2: Okay. I should establish at this stage what they were all doing there, all the people who died. This was a weekend retreat for a local startup in Asheville called the Inmost Light, who were a small company led by a woman called Natalie Fernan who basically produced digital products, but they were starting to move into physical products, aimed at people who practice mindfulness meditation. Wes, do you want to tell us who you're playing?
3: I'm playing a character named Paul Beavers. He's a marketing analyst, just kind of an average guy. You probably catch him wearing Dockers and to try to have a little cool streak, he's wearing uh, skate shoes with a tucked-in T-shirt. In his life, he lost his brother Jeremy in the incident, and Jeremy was the product manager for the guided meditation product at Inmost Light.
2: Excellent. And then you, Copycat, Cup, tell us who you're playing. God help us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My character's name is Bobby Double, and I am a gas station proprietor here in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm a franchisee of the Sip and Zip, a popular gas station chain. Pretty average guy, thinning hair. He's pretty reserved. He doesn't openly share information within this support group because uh, one of the victims, his brother, Eric Double, was that man you mentioned earlier, Scott, who was hanged. Mm. So he he kind of feels this air of suspicion around his brother potentially being the murderer, even though he's he's his twin brother. He's pretty sure that his brother's not involved in the actual murdering, you know, but the support group lets him air out his feelings every now and then when the moment's right.
2: Okay, it is Wednesday night, and so it's time for the regular weekly meeting of survivors. As you all arrive, Pastor Waltz is there helping to set up the tables and chairs. There are a couple of people who are putting out the table for the coffee urn and the snacks. Tammy Joe, who works at a local donut place, has brought a, a box of Dayol's to share with everyone, but, yeah, you know, last time she did that, you could have hammered in nails with them. You can smell the coffee from the urn that's brewing, and, I mean, it's coffee, you can probably drink it, but it does have that slight aftertaste of battery acid. Pastor Walsh greets each one of you as you come in. He's a a man in his late 50s, early 60s with a shock of grey hair. He's one of these people who puts on a cheerful demeanour, but you've seen it crack too many times to believe that it's genuine. He's not just leading this group because it helps the community, but also because he lost his wife in a convenience store robbery many years ago.
0: Was that a sip and sip?
2: I was going to (laughs) ask. You've got enough shit coming your way without the (laughs) pastor hitting you as well. (laughs) Fair enough. So, yeah, as you turn up, you get roped into setting up the chairs and tables and so on. It looks like, including the pastor, there's six of you this evening. Including the usual attendees, there's someone new this evening... You haven't seen a new person turn up to this since, well, you lot six months ago. There's a young woman who's come in, who is standing by the doorway very hesitantly looking in. She looks like she's in her late teens, early twenties. She's got frizzy blonde hair, fairly long, and tied back with a red bandana. She's wearing a fairly colourful blouse tied across her midriff in a knot and faded, fairly ratty-looking jeans and sandals. Pastor Walsh, as soon as he notices her, goes over, and you can see that they're having a quiet conversation.
4: Alex is going to walk in and take a cup of coffee and go sit in a corner seat where they can watch the conversation without appearing to watch the conversation just taking in all the details in case they need them later and not speaking to anyone else
2: well I'll tell you what, then let's go straight into the dice if you want to eavesdrop on this without making it look like you're eavesdropping you could give me a listen roll
4: okay let's see nope that is not a success
2: Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, there are people still dragging chairs around and there's the conversations of the eight or so people who are there as people are drifting in. So, yeah, you can't really make out any of it.
0: And Bobby's just going over to the table of refreshments and scoffing at the stale donuts. (laughs) Hell, the fresher at the sip and zip, just kind of muttering under his breath, but not not taking a keen interest in the the new woman. He, He just wants to... I guess Reno already took the corner uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> with Alex when he sees they took that seat. Bobby's going to take the next farthest seat away from everybody he can.
2: As you're walking over towards it, all right, Tammy Joe shoots you a look and says, well, you keep talking about how good your donuts are at the sip it, zip, but you never see you bring any over here.
0: Yeah, you know, well, uh, I'm not I'm not running a charity. I'm just 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 trying to make a little comment here. Even our day olds are better than these, though. Hell
2: as she harumphs and sits down heavily in her seat.
4: My bet is on Tammy Joe for the murderer.
3: <laughs> Paul sees that and he's going to go walk over and sit next to Tammy Joe and let her know that it's okay and uh, her, her donuts are very good and uh, he values her as a client. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're dying first. Then the last couple of people drift in there's Eugene who lost his son a while back he's changed the details of the story a few times but reading between the lines it sounds like it was a drug deal that went wrong and then there's Christine who tends to be fairly quiet through the meetings Pastor Waltz leads this young woman over and she seems to find the one that has pushed the furthest back And sits in that and actually pushes it just that bit further back. And sits there with her arms crossed, just staring down at the ground.
0: Can I try to push my chair further back than hers?
2: (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) But Pastor Ball starts off the meeting with the usual. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Without too much ado, launches into asking how everyone is doing. And almost immediately, Tammy Jo jumps in there. It would have been her daughter's 22nd birthday next week. So she's got quite a lot to process and I mean, she always gets very emotional whenever she talks to these things, but she's getting even more emotional than usual. She talks about how, you know, she thought she had it all together at long last. But, you know, whenever holidays and birthdays and so on comes up, it just sort of brings everything home again and... By the time she gets through a few minutes of this, she, she just has to stop because she's been floods of tears. While this is happening, I mean, you notice the new woman who's come in. You know, she didn't really look over at Pastor Walsh when he started things off. She's paid no attention to Tammy Joe when she's been speaking. But she does seem to be casting surreptitious glances at each of the three of you.
0: Can Bobby... Stare back at her. I think I think Bobby uh, is particularly wary of people at this meeting because he does feel that suspicion around Eric, his brother. Mm -hmm. Do I recognize her from anywhere or see anything else
2: unusual? No, I'm fairly sure you've not seen her before. Okay. Yeah, give me a spot hidden role because uh, the lighting in this room isn't fantastic. But just see what they can pick up on a few details about her.
0: As long as I'm glaring at her while I do this spot hidden, <laughs> so that's a fail. Spot hidden's not very good. I'm not gonna, not gonna push this one. Oh, push
2: <laughs> the roll.
4: Push the roll.
2: Yeah. So you know, she just carries on looking at the floor, and then just every now and then, her eyes flicking over towards you. Okay. And so uh, are any of you? speaking during the the meeting this evening? Are you sharing anything about what's going on?
3: I, of course.
4: Alex definitely will.
3: You want to go ahead Alex?
4: Alex just leans forward, like resting their elbows close to their knees and looking down at the floor not looking at anyone. They're They're trying very hard to take their own advice. You know, psychiatrist, heal thyself by going to these meetings and actually making themselves talk, but it's hard. And they just sort of look at the floor, and they say... I had to go back to work yesterday, for the first time. I couldn't take more than six months, and... I saw one of my regulars... Oh, I just wanted to get out of there, just she wouldn't stop talking. ...talking about this stupid boyfriend... ...who's no good for her... ...and she knows he's no good for her... ...and he he's abusive to her... and ...and she won't leave him... ...but she keeps coming to my office... ...and she won't shut up... ...about how much she loves this stupid man... ...and how she wishes she could leave him... ...and I have to sit there... ...and I have to tell her... ...I have to be nice to her... ...and... ...I just wanted to get up and slap her in the face... ...and tell her to get out and grow up, and... ...I can't do that, obviously, and... ...I just felt so angry, and... ...is it always gonna be like this? I don't know if I can... ...I can't listen to their stupid little problems anymore... ...and I don't want to think they're stupid, but... ...they are just so... ...fucking stupid. And they just rub their temples and just just keep staring at the floor.
0: Bobby looks up just long enough to to shoot Paul one of these. Give him a little look like it's a little more intense than usual from Alex.
3: Paul kind of nods. He understands the anger, though. Well, Alex, I understand what you're going through. I get mad all the time. Every day, I think about my brother, I miss him so much. But I just kind of try to find strength in the little things, you know? Like, the little joys of life. Wake up in the morning, see the sun come up. But it gets difficult to find that joy every day.
4: Paul, do you ever just want to punch someone in the face because they look too happy when they said hello?
3: Oh my god, yes, every day. Sometimes in a client meeting, they'll be talking about how our marketing's not doing enough for their product. And I just want to, you know, just reach across and grab them by the shirt and say, you hey, listen here, if you put more money into it. And I just, mm, I'm sorry, y'all. Bobby's
0: scooting his chair further back as they're talking about punching somebody. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, uh, I ain't got a whole lot to say. I know where y'all y'all coming from, but i, I seen the way you look at me. Way you see my brother, and think he did those terrible things, but it ain't true. And uh, I just—I guess I just want people to know that I feel the same hurt that that you do. And I, hell, I—I I look like him, but I—I I don't know these people. I didn't know your kin. I—I'm just trying to pick up the pieces of my own life. Damn it! and uh, It ain't fair. It ain't fair. I hear you talking during our little breakouts, and I'm just tired is all I'm just tired.
2: The young woman who's been sitting there silently just staring at the ground until now looks up and says almost too quietly for anyone to hear,
1: I don't think he did it. Oh.
2: sorry ma'am what did
1: what did you just say? Oh n-
2: nothing. ...and then goes back to looking at the ground. And Pastor Walsh looks around and says... "Uh, ...Annie, do you have anything you'd like to share with us tonight? And she just shakes her head and carries on looking at the ground. Well, wait, you said... ...you said
3: you don't think he did it. Why don't you think he did it?
1: Because he... ...didn't.
2: Well, how would you know? She just looks really confused for a moment... And then just shakes her head and her whole face purses, and she just looks at the ground even more intently.
0: Bobby's actually going to get up and walk over to her, you know, stand maybe three feet away. His whole life at this point is basically dedicated to trying to clear his brother's name. So when she says that, it's very intriguing to him. So he's going to walk over and say, Who, who are you? What, what do you know about these murders? Why did you say that?
2: Pastor Bolz at this stage stands up and... He puts a gentle hand on Bobby's shoulder and just says fairly quietly into your ear. Maybe we can talk about this afterwards. This is meant to be a safe space. I think you might be a bit threatening at the moment. Sit sit down and if you need to speak later, please, you know, my door is always open.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can catch up with her later. That's, okay, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, and then just kind of stare at her as I go back to my seat.
2: She's looking back up at you and you can see, yeah, her her eyes. You're not quite sure what the emotion in there is. I, She looks confused more than anything else.
0: Hmm. I could roll for accounting. <laughs> if it's an accounting look. <laughs> no, I'll just, I'll sit down. I'm 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 okay. I'm okay.
4: Alex is just sort of watching this. They have very still body language. As a psychiatrist, they're very adept at keeping their body language neutral when they want to. But they're watching this whole interaction. Can I do a psychology role to see if I'm picking up on what she's emoting, if anything?
2: Mm. Yeah, by all means.
4: God damn it. Jesus.
2: Uh. <laughs> Go have a donut.
4: <laughs> Alex is just too overcome- They're they're still feeling, obviously, all of this rage and this emotion that they'd been keeping up until they could speak at this meeting. And they can't quite separate other people's emotions from what they're feeling right now to be able to tell what she's actually giving off.
2: And also in Alex's defense, this young woman, Annie, does seem to be fairly inscrutable. Pastor, yes, Bobby. I'm
0: sorry, I, I'm not I'm not trying to run your meeting for you or nothing, but isn't it customary, at least for pe- folks to introduce themselves when they come into this meeting? The types of things we talk about here, I just, I don't feel comfortable in front of a total stranger.
2: Well, we were all strangers once, weren't we, Bobby?
0: Yeah, you just, you got a way of saying things, I suppose. All right, all right. I just won't talk none then.
4: That's different from normal, how?
2: Alex, please, Alex, please, treat the other attendees with respect.
4: I'm trying to, Pastor, I'm trying. He's been coming to these meetings all six fucking months, and he's spoken maybe twice. Listening to all of us pouring out our grief and pain.
3: Look, everybody's got their pace. Everybody takes their own time, Alex. If I find it peculiar than that, I do speak
0: that you lash out at me. I'm, I'm trying here. I got, I got more on my plate than y'all do.
4: Oh, fucking really?
0: You don't know what it's like dealing with the press, dealing with
4: y'all? As if we don't have to deal with you.
3: Paul just hangs his head, puts his head in his hands and sighs.
0: Bobby turns his chair toward Paul. Away from Alex.
4: Alex knows they're not being super professional, but they're angry and they can't vent their anger anywhere else.
2: Hmm. Annie is watching all of this quietly, again, with that same unreadable expression. Are your characters sharing anything else that meeting or shall we skip to the end of the meeting?
0: I think Bobby's going to be pretty quiet from here on out, unless he's prodded.
3: Paul's probably shutting down. The conflict will will shut him down.
4: And Alex doesn't trust himself to say anything else right now. Out of respect to the pastor.
2: Okay, well, I mean, with you three finished, Eugene starts up and with some poor judgment, tries to lighten the situation, makes a, a few sort of dad jokes, and stumbles around a bit conversationally, loses his thread tries to then steer him back into actually talking about genuine emotions and by the time everyone's done the, the tonal whiplash from the whole thing seems to have amused him as much as everyone else and the meeting just sort of putters out at the end of that pastor waltz thanks you all for coming this evening and you know makes his usual plea to everyone to help put everything away afterwards stack the chairs and the tables and so on
4: Yeah, Bobby's going to help out. I stack all the chairs by myself. (laughs) Very angrily stacking chairs.
0: I'm throwing the rest of the donuts away, the leftovers.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Paul's grabbing a broom and is going to sweep up under the snack table.
2: And Annie is standing over by the doorway. She's got a mobile phone out now. And she's looking at it and every now and then, just giving it a prod or a flick.
0: Can Bobby uh, take the, the trash bag outside like he's going to take it to the dumpster and kind of try to pry, see
2: what she's up to as he walks through the doorway? Yeah, as you walk towards her with the bag.
1: I've, um, I've got something to show you.
2: Oh, OK.
0: Yeah, just get that door right quick and we can talk in the hallway.
1: But I need to. Talk to them as well.
2: She points at uh, Alex and Paul.
1: Okay, well,
0: and uh, he's so curious that he's just going to put the bag down next to the door. All right, the, let's talk, Paul. Paul, get over here, just for yeah, what for a minute here. What What do you want? You want to talk now? Not me, not me. She wants to talk. She wants to talk. I do, Alex. Alex, put them chairs down. Get over here. Please.
4: Clatter. <laughs> they come striding over. Yes?
2: Yeah, I mean, perhaps because you're in a bit of a temper, it takes you a moment to realize i when mean, looking at Annie, who's standing there holding this phone. And then, I guess, after a moment your attention goes to the phone. And what Alex notices I and mean, it's Probably a coincidence, but the plastic case on the phone is exactly the same as the one that Pat had.
4: You wanted to show us something? Uh, yeah, I, am um...
1: <sighs> Do you know how to get the photographs on this?
3: What, well, on like a mobile phone?
1: Yeah. Is it not your phone? It is, it is. I I just... uh, I'm just not very good with it.
3: Like, you look like squaring the demographic of somebody that would know how to use a mobile phone, like, real well.
2: She shrugs.
4: Alex holds out their hand expectantly.
2: Okay, she passes it over to you, and... Yeah, you look at it, and... The screen has got a crack on it in exactly the same place as Pat's phone had.
4: Is it password protected or fingerprint protected or anything? No. So, keeping one eye on her and one eye on the phone, I'm going to pull up the photo app.
2: Okay, yep. You go to the photo app and the first picture in the gallery is a picture of Pat standing it looks, from the lighting, it looks like it was taken with a flash photograph. Pat is standing against a, a fairly rough looking wooden wall. She's looking blankly at the photographer, just no expression at all on her face.
1: Where did you get this? She asked me to
4: come and find you. Where did you get this? There are more. Start. ...rapidly scrolling, swiping through the photos.
2: The next picture on there is a picture of Jeremy Beavers. Again, standing against this wooden wall. The same kind of blank expression on his face.
4: Paul? What? Look at this. Look at this.
3: Where did you get this photo? Did somebody send this to you, or did you take this picture?
1: Keep going.
2: And the next picture on there, if you hadn't seen the other two pictures, first of all, you probably would have assumed that it was Bobby, but maybe it's Eric.
4: Bobby? What's going on? Who is this? Is this you or him?
2: What the hell? You certainly don't remember a picture like that being taken.
0: Well, no. I ain't... It's...
2: And the, the shirt that that Eric's wearing, in fact, the clothes that all of them are wearing, you're fairly certain they were wearing before they died last year?
0: What is this? Where'd you get this... Where'd you get these pictures?
1: They... Asked me to take them. Who? Who's they? Who? Them.
2: Just pointing at the phone.
1: They asked me to come and find you, and they need
4: your help.
3: Who the hell are you talking about? You talking about the people in the photos asked you?
1: Yes.
4: Need our help? They're fucking dead. Fuck you. Coming to people in their grief. Playing mind games with them. Fuck you.
0: Ma'am, I'm going to ask you one time. Where the fuck did you get this phone and these pictures from?
1: Well, I I took the pictures last night. They asked me to.
3: Why, you took these pictures last night? Yeah. Oh, my brother? These people ain't alive. I've seen other pictures.
0: These, these people ain't alive. You're lying.
1: No, I... S- I saw them last night.
3: Where? Where? If that's my brother, you take me to him right now.
1: Okay. That's what he wants me to do. Look, I just went into this shack in the woods, this cabin, because I needed somewhere to crash overnight, And, and they were there. They said that they needed help, and they asked me to come find you. They told me about each of you and and said where I could find you.
4: I spent all day looking for you.
0: This don't make any sense.
4: She's dead. She's dead. Don't you understand? I had to identify her.
3: Yeah, this ain't funny. We buried my brother.
4: What was left of him?
3: Eric's neck's
0: broken. This ain't Eric. This... (sighs) When did you take these? No, not last night. How many years ago you take these? You're playing a trick on us, or...?
1: No, I took them last night, though. I was sleeping in the shack, and,
4: and they woke me up. Huh. Can I go into the details on the photo? Because it can tell me when it was taken.
2: Yep, yeah, it was taken a little after 3am today.
0: Can Bobby grab the phone and, like, start scrolling through every photo that's in the album?
2: Once you get past those three, you're starting to go back to ones that were taken, yeah, from the date stamps, if you check them on the weekend of the murder. And they're showing the various people from the Inmost Light there at the retreat. There are a few of them sitting around outside, you know, having beers. There's, you know, them sharing a meal inside, photographs of, you know, them gathered around a whiteboard brainstorming ideas and stuff like that
3: Wait, is this your phone yeah i i told you but you didn't know how to get to pictures but this is your phone yes did you work it in most light
1: i i don't know what that is
3: (laughs) but you have all these pictures of of our kin
1: they asked me to take them from the day of the murder What? What murder?
3: What do you mean, what murder? You just walked into a grief group. We all talked about it.
1: Oh, right. I was just told I could find you here. The people you were, um, the people you were talking about in the meeting.
3: Is, is that them? Yes. Of course. That's why we're reacting like this. Oh. They told you to come here? Who told you to
0: come here?
2: And she just points to the phone again.
0: Ma'am, I'm about to call the police if you don't start being straight with us.
1: I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you everything I know.
0: How far is this place? This place you've seen them?
1: I can take you there. It's maybe uh, like an hour's drive. I, I hitched here.
3: Paul, what do you want to do? I want to get in my car right now and go. Y'all want to go? Yeah. It's not possible.
4: It's not possible. I'll go up there with you, but if this is some hideous prank, I am calling the cops on you. And she
2: just nods quietly.
0: Bobby whispers to Paul, if this is a
2: prank, I'm going to kill this woman. I'm going to help you.
4: I'll hide the body.
2: <laughs> by the way seeing as the the three of you have been now fairly close up with Annie without now having to make a spot hidden roll, there are a few things that you've picked up as you've been talking to her while she is obviously quite young she's got quite a weathered look to her as well her skin looks quite rough as if she spent quite a lot of time outdoors and there's a, a fine network of uh, broken blood vessels or gym blossoms on her cheeks that indicate either a lot of time spent outdoors or heavy drinking. I mean, she doesn't smell bad, but you know, she's definitely unwashed and clearly tried to cover up the lack of bathing with a lot of patchouli oil.
0: If there's some kind of trick to get money out of us, it's not going to end the way you think it's going to end, ma'am.
1: I don't want your money. I
4: I'm just trying to help them. Why couldn't you bring them to us then? Why didn't they follow you?
1: They just said that they needed help and asked me to... Look, I don't know. Look, you keep asking me lots of questions that I just... I don't have answers to, okay? I'm... I'm sorry. I'm... I'm just trying to help. Were they in cages? Why? Look, they... They just said for me to come get you... Paul, you driving?
3: Oh hell yeah!
4: Shotgun, damn it!
3: <laughs> Deep
4: glare at Bobby.
0: I don't want to take my Mustang out there anyway. I ride in the back. I don't. I don't give a damn.
4: And Alex has already marched out of the church because if they don't start moving, they might actually start breaking something with all the pent up rage.
3: <laughs> Alex is ahead, so Paul clicks the unlock so Alex can get in the car.
4: And not rip the handle off the door.
3: (laughs) And Bobby's going to whisper to Paul, can she ride in the trunk? The new woman. (laughs) Now be nice and let her ride in the back. But if she messes up, we can do what we need to.
2: All right. (laughs) So Annie's sitting in the back with Bobby. Are you just driving straight off at the stage? Are you picking up anything first or are you heading straight out of town?
3: do we want to stop at the sip and zip
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got my gun there no we don't ma'am who else was here is this is this dangerous what what are we driving into here exactly how did this place look what did you see you slept there
1: well it's just a wooden cabin in the woods
0: right Paul you got a axe or a baseball bat or something in the trunk In case there's trouble?
3: Yeah, I I keep a small, like, child-sized baseball bat in the trunk for protection. Child-sized. I'm not that violent of a person, but, you know, I'll get there. (laughs) I will, if you cross me.
2: I don't like to use inappropriate words, but I will
3: fuck you up.
2: I see it.
0: Which way are we going, anyway? You know the way, miss? Mm
1: Mm-hmm
2: she nods I mean you know where the cabin whereof this took place last year was obviously it's up highway 63 up to the northwest have
3: we all obviously been out there before
2: um yeah I mean that's a good point who has actually been to the murder site before
4: Alex definitely has closure
2: Bobby's driven
0: there
3: but he couldn't get out of the car I don't think Paul. Paul has not. He didn't want to see it.
2: But you probably still would have seen photographs in the news, because it was a fairly big local news story. Right.
1: I just walked through the woods, and eventually I found Lower Fork, and I hitched a ride from there.
2: And you obviously know the geography of the area fairly well, by Lower Fork is off to the east in almost completely the opposite direction from the shack.
3: How did you get all the way over there from the shack and then hitch a ride all in one night?
4: Well, now it just seems like we have two murder shacks going on here. (laughs) That's a lot for one town.
3: (laughs) It's a chain operation. (laughs) She
2: says...
1: There was a a trucker who brought me into town.
0: I think Bobby's encouraged by that because it does give him that kind of glimmer of hope that that they're alive if if it's a different place. If she was just taking us to the murder shack, I would think this was some kind of scam for sure. But he he can't make it work in his head. Not yet.
2: And so what's your plan? Are you following Annie's directions? Are you going somewhere else?
0: Nothing can be worse than my life right now. Paul, go wherever the hell she's telling you. She's got these pictures.
3: All right. All right, we'll go. Okay.
1: Just take the highway out of town east and drive for about an hour. I can direct you from there.
3: So we're heading that way.
4: Alex does not say a thing the entire drive.
3: Paul's nervously fiddling with the radio the whole way. <laughs>
0: Ma'am, is there anything else you need to tell us before we get out to wherever the hell you're dragging us?
2: She just shakes her head and then looks out the window.
0: And what is it we're going to see there? We're going to see
1: we're going to see Eric alive. Is that what you're telling me? He told me to, to come and
4: find you. I still have her phone.
2: Huh?
4: And I'm just. Obsessively, just flicking back and forth through the pictures of Pat, just looking at them over and over and over again, and then getting to the end and going back.
2: Well, it's not just that. As you're going through the gallery, yeah, once you get past those, you start finding all sorts of personal photographs that Pat took a while back, including photographs of you.
4: Ma'am, where'd you get this phone?
2: And she just carries on looking out the window.
3: Are you going to answer her or what?
4: I already told you. Alex just keeps staring straight ahead. Paul, it's Pat's phone.
3: Are you sure it's Pat's phone?
4: It's got the same case. Got the crack right here. She dropped it in the kitchen when she was making curry one, one evening because I snuck up behind her. And and I it was just sort of put my arms around her, wanted to... to say hi, and she got surprised, and she was checking her phone for the recipe, and she she jumped, and she dropped the phone, and the screen cracked, and... I know that... I know that screen, Paul. And there's pictures on here that can't be on here unless it's her phone. Like what? There's a picture of of us and, and our dog from when we first moved down here. Okay. We moved down here four years ago. How could... How could she have... Have this picture, Paul. We never even put this on Facebook. It was just on her phone.
3: Young lady, you're gonna have to tell us where you got that phone.
4: I
1: told you. It's my phone.
3: It's not your phone. Where did you get this phone? This ain't your phone!
1: I keep telling you, man. Look, you can shout at me all you want, but... I don't know what else to say.
2: You you can see just in the dim light that's inside the car the reflection of her face as she's looking out the window into the night I mean, it's pitch dark outside now it's about ten o'clock at night and you can see that her eyes are, are wide as she's looking out and she looks like a frightened child
1: we'll be there soon
3: tomorrow just because I had to kill the little rat. but I swore
2: Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns.
0: Thank you for listening to Ain't Slade Nobody. For ad-free episodes, lots of bonus content, and special programming, please join our wolf pack at Patreon.com/Ain'tSlade, or subscribe to Ain't Slade Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers.
4: Thank you and good luck out there.